Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is Niall and Andrea here with your 93rd episode of the Nile or Nine podcast. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're you're getting good. closer to that 100th episode. Getting closer. Uh, you're sounding good. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Feeling we're, good, we're bo- I think. Okay, good. Uh, so what are we <laughs> going to be talking about on this week's podcast? Uh, we will be reviewing the fourth album from Run the Jewels, RTJ4 a much needed album uh, that arrived last week. We will be also featuring songs of the week from the likes of Marley, Leon Bridges and uh, 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 Roosevelt and uh, a new discovery from you. Um, but in the meantime, I guess like last week we didn't have a regular podcast because with all that's been going on in the world, it felt uh, like the right time to listen as opposed to speak. And in doing so, our last week's episode featured the voices of uh, black Irish musicians uh, recounting and sharing their experiences with racism. And um, I think it's uh, it was for me, you know, you have some of those weeks where you're there's a lot to process and there's a lot of things going on. Obviously, the acceleration of, um, you know, the campaign around um a, a direct provision and ending that in Ireland has accelerated because of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the things that have happened with uh since George Floyd's death in the US um and there's been a lot of interesting conversations a lot of interesting thoughts shared and for me personally last week I found it uh, it was quite overwhelming to be able to process and read them all or listen to them all. And uh, I felt like that was a good time to take those voices of the people that we respect and admire, like Loa and Denise Chyla and uh, Amanda Aid, and just give them an extra platform. Um, also, 
I was conscious last week that, you know, there was a lot of black Irish people I was talking to who, you know, didn't really want to talk um, and go into it because you, you know, there's a good, I was listening to Una Malati's, um and Andrea Horn's United Ireland uh, podcast this week about the same topic. And they're just saying, you know, like to ask people to recount their experiences with racism or with uh, transphobia or uh anything like that, it can be quite difficult to do that. And especially when things feel very raw for people. Uh, we felt, you know, what what Loa and Denise had said and uh, Erica Cody and people like that, what they were saying last week uh, and what they said on their Instagram and their own platforms was eloquent and, uh, you know, thought-provoking enough to feature that on its own. But that's not to say we're going to be finishing the dialogue and uh, the discussion around black Irish music representation and direct provision um, on this podcast. Um, we will be no doubt touching on it in our album of the week this week. Yeah, I think um, last week was an interesting moment for me as a white journalist to sort of obviously like take a step back and think about what it is that I'm asking of people of color and black people when I ask to interview them um and whether or not like our our role as white journalists during this time um specifically music journalists um sh- should not be to focus or to to ask people to recount trauma and pain um if if those topics come up you know that that is like absolutely part of the lived experience of uh being a black musician in Ireland but also it is our obligation and duty to celebrate Irish blackness and celebrate black music uh black American music black Irish music black UK music because we owe our careers to black musicians I wouldn't get to talk about and write about rock music if it weren't for black American musicians doing that so it was just yeah it was it it was a week in which I was trying to reassess what it is that my voice can do and last week it felt right for my voice to not really do anything for me to just kind of shut up and listen and take on board what people are saying and um I was I was very lucky that I spoke to Denise Tyler for the Sunday Business Post the week or the week before all of this was happening because it sort of meant that you know I I I contacted her to interview her because I love her work I love her music and I was blown away by her National Gallery performance and I just wanted to talk to her about that and celebrate that and obviously these these topics came up we actually spoke on the day that George Floyd had died or was murdered and um the news hadn't actually reached us yet so our conversation was was definitely about all of the topics that we've been thinking about in the past week but it wasn't I suppose framed by that and I think that for me personally and I'm not saying that this should be a manifesto for like all white music journalists but I think that we we can't only have our name on articles and on interviews when we're asking people of color or people from marginalized communities to 
recount pain and trauma, we also have to celebrate their voices. So I think that that's probably the way I'm going to be looking at it going forward and just trying to do a bit better with that, you know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, It was something, you know, I've been thinking about a lot in terms of, you know, representation as well. 909 as a platform always has featured uh, black Irish musicians, but it's not a time to just focus on that solely, but to like be inclusive as well as you, as I always intend to be. But also to have an extra thought perhaps on how that's being perceived, maybe what the things we might be missing are on our yeah. platforms, um, how we can, you know, I think for myself, uh, you know, I think of 909 as a music platform, so therefore it's quite difficult sometimes to wrap your head around like how you can discuss uh, topics like direct provision. And, you know, we have we did have a, an interview last year with some uh, musicians who were in the direct provision system, along with Fire L, who was running that This Land um, St. Patrick's Festival show. I remember when I talking to them, you know, they don't really didn't really want to talk about direct provision because they are scared of that system and scared of speaking out against that, what that can do. And if anything, in the last week, what I've what I'm seeing is, you know, the increased conversation around this means that that's giving those people in that in the direct provision system um, heart and some courage to speak up about racism. But then the systemic racism like uh, direct provision that we have here in Ireland that we can enact change in and yeah. it's just really good to see you know those kind of marches that happened um, and the solidarity uh, protests at the US Embassy last week uh, I went to the one on Saturday and you know I guess walking up to it there was a man we were walking down Herbert Park and there was a, an older man got out of his car and he obviously we were we actually wore, all wore masks and gloves I'm walking down and the man was like, this is a disgrace. Think of the older people. Here was a man who was walking into the park without any PPE or any masks or gloves and he was criticizing us. We were doing our best. We had signs, all that kind of stuff. It's important then to show your solidarity in that way. Um, but beyond that, you know, we had the black uh, Blackout Tuesday thing that happened, which became very quickly about oh, you're drowning out uh, the uh, Black Lives Matter hashtag and people are giving out to others about doing it wrong. I hope that a lot of people actually use that time um, to educate themselves a bit more about what the issues are around uh, racism here and abroad, yeah. uh, as opposed to just saying, oh, well, we can't do anything today. Um, and I think, you know, it was a good marker, whether it was useful overall. It seemed to be more, you know, the bigger, uh, the record labels and stuff, in the US did some of them did better than others some of them brought like George Floyd's um uh they brought his lawyer in for a chat about you know what was going on there so there was more direct education happening there but more than that it's not just you know it doesn't end there and that's the point uh, this is something no. that now it's been foregrounded more it's something to really educate yourself about um, to that end, I would recommend a podcast, uh, an Irish podcast that came out only a few weeks ago called Modern Problem, which is uh, all about the direct provision system. If you want to educate yourself about what that's like and how uh, people who go through that, what they have to deal with um, and the systems that how it began, why it's there and um, all those things are all um, 
featured in this modern problem podcast so i would recommend that um if you're looking for something to listen to i think yeah. listening to somebody's experience sometimes can be a bit more uh, relatable than uh reading an article about how, how terrible things are um, yeah. but that really does uh do a good uh, uh good it gives you a good idea of why it's there and what people are going through so that's a good example modern problem is the name of that podcast um but yeah, like I said, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be ignoring this topic going forward, and I think um, it is heartening to see. You like, it's kind of crazy to see how quickly an idea like defund the police has uh, emerged after all. This. Oh my god, it's yeah. Like I mean, okay, so the last time um, I I remember Black Lives Matter being this kind of foregrounded when you think about you know stuff like news coverage and so on was 2015 2016 and it was it, it this this is the most i feel uh, this is the most progress that it's made in terms of law making and law breaking and when you see things coming out that are that when you see actual political change being being brought about due to it and po- political change on, under Trump, you know, like this isn't, this wasn't under Obama. This, this is like, it, it is the hardest it is going to be, I hope, um, now. And to see that change happening and to see people having those conversations, even, you know, my mom ringing me and uh, like asking me about it and wanting to learn more about it. And it is amazing. And I, I definitely don't take for granted my, my like, my privilege within it and also I think that the the world of of politics and and music are are so intertwined like I I tend to understand the political world through music that's the way that I navigate my life is I I move through it through understanding music I can understand all of these different doors and um it's it just feels like it's never been more important to kind of have those voices in music you know like i mean we're we're going to talk about an album later that i that i think is is very very vital at this moment in a similar way to how um to pimp a butterfly was very vital for the last moment um and it it will always be this cyclical thing um and i'll i'll never not find it interesting and never not find it fascinating, but we we really owe a debt to our black musicians and our hip hop artists who make it like digestible and easy for us to understand things that we can never inherently understand. Um, and I've just been feeling very grateful that I have access to those voices and that I'm privileged to not um. I'm I'm privileged to wonder about what they're speaking about rather than have pain um, mirrored back to me, which is the experience yeah. of a lot of a lot of people. So, just yeah. been thinking a lot about that this week and how how like just thank God for music during these times. You know, it 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 really is um and an igniter of of change and. Uh, and solidarity 
Yeah. You're great. right. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's song All Right became uh, a bit of an anthem for the Black Lives Matter movement around that time. It and did, yeah. I don't know if you saw in New York uh, and other places, uh, the song by Pop Smoke called Gucci has become a bit of a rallying cry uh, at Black Lives Matter protests and gatherings. Um, and Pop Smoke himself died earlier this year uh, from a... He his house was broken into the but there are questions but around that here was a man uh, a rapper who was taken off um a festival in New York because of police pressure who was who had experienced some of that systemic uh racism that happens in that system in the US that we're talking about that we can see reflected here in direct provision and you know I think for anyone who thinks this is uh, what we were doing is good enough last week, it's definitely not. Like you look at what Leo Radker said last week, and I think it's important to point this out, like when he was asked about direct provision. But I think we need to understand the difference between direct provision and a man that was killed by the police by having somebody stand on his neck. Direct provision ultimately is a service offered by the state. It's not compulsory. It's not detention. It involves people being provided with free accommodation, food, heat, light, healthcare, education, and also some spending money. It's not the same thing as a man being killed by the police. And as the leader of our country, um, fundamentally misunderstanding the different types of racism that can exist in this country and thinking that it's not the same thing. They're not the same thing on the surface, but there's systemic racism and then there's brutal, uh, violent racism. Well, it's, you know, it was it's it's the point that um, I think it was Loa made um, on her her Instagram, which which we played last week, which is that it's it's a spectrum and it it starts with microaggression and it ends with violence and it's it's on that spectrum and i think that that's that's precisely like like we, we we are in a situation here and and in america and in britain at, at least i'm not sure you know i'm i'm not the best but like european politics but i mean in 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 these three countries at least we are in a position where we have to teach our leaders to learn how to empathize and I think that we're we're doing a very good job of it so far, and we just need to keep this momentum up. And we need to also include travellers in our um in our discussions around uh, racism in this country. Well, absolutely, and that's something absolutely shafted. Yeah, that's something that we've been seeing a lot of in the last week as well, which has been great. Um, and that brings me to maybe my first reason to be cheerful. Um, yeah. you know, you uh, it's hard to take uh, solace on something, but uh, we as we said, we see uh. Our political leaders struggling with the concepts of systemic racism and understanding what needs to be done. But last Friday, a lot of artists and artists are on the front line in a lot of ways of um, talking about these things, as our podcast last week shows you um, and their own platform show you. Um, you know, we've got a lot of artists who donated the entire funds of all of the uh, proceeds from their Bandcamp sales last Friday directly to Massey, the movement of asylum seekers in Ireland. It was um, really fascinating and very encouraging to see a lot of artists do that. Um, It's not something like artists are at the lowest rung of the ladder right now. They're all struggling with uh, the uh, impact of uh, the pandemic. They can't do any gigs. They can't um, make any money. So to see them, and uh, there was hundreds of them, give up their entire uh, income uh, over to a good cause like Massey was a really uh, 
heartening thing to see so um that was one thing i was just so impressed by last week the the sheer amount of people who showed their support and put their money where their mouth should be um last week uh which was uh you know great to see yeah i agree that w- that also made me cheerful and i bought a few things and felt good felt yeah yeah so um little things but there are other reasons to be cheerful this week the Dalai Lama is releasing his first album <laughs> debut album from the Dalai Lama and I mean look this has been we've been wanting this for a very long time right I was I was chatting to himself yesterday on the phone and I was like oh did you hear it did you hear about um do you hear the Dalai Lama's releasing an album and he was like an album like of, of music and I was like oh yeah yeah music and he was like probably fucking Eno doing it, is it? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, but I hadn't heard anything from it yet. But there's a track out now, um, which is called... Compassion, yeah, there is Compassion. one. Compassion. And a... I mean, it could be Eno. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Be. It, could, it be. could be Eno. Um. Uh, I think it sounds great. <laughs> I, it's on our little... Um, Niall and I have a, a playlist for our songs of the week every week. And I just sort of just kind of listen to them on a loop when, when I'm getting ready for the podcast. And um, like every time it came on, I was just like overcome with this, like, oh, this is actually really pleasant. This is really, really nice. I feel calmer. I could definitely meditate to this. based on uh well that one compassion is based on one of the most famous buddhist prayers uh, yes the album is 11 tracks long it's out on july 6th a to good cons- 11 tracker yeah to cons- coincide with his birthday his 85th birthday um yeah. and obviously you know the dalai Lama is not his first dalliance with music uh in the 90s he dalliance uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> in the no that was good um he he <laughs> did uh, appear at uh the tibetan freedom concert that um Ad Rock of the Beastie Boys put on uh, along with a lot of Tibetan monks uh, Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys did a lot to uh, he met with the Dalai Lama a lot they talked um, and he did a lot to heighten and uh, illuminate their the cause in Tibet um, at that time and so here we have the Dalai Lama finally finding the inspiration from maybe he got from the Beastie Boys and others <laughs> to make music um, yeah but it was Which, I mean, I think I think it's pretty cool because I mean, obviously, like I'm I'm laughing because it's like it's the Dalai Lama's, you know, first album or whatever. But it's 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 a cool thing to have uh, mantras and prayers and teachings just like on a compact, like accessible format for people. You know, like you don't have to go to a place and like buy a CD or something. You know, it just it, it makes it that bit more accessible to people who want to meditate and want to practice buddhism and stuff which i think is cool um 
And prior to recording this podcast, I was saying to you, uh, I was like, oh, I better Google and see if the Dalai Lama is problematic. And lo and behold, he has said some stuff about women. I, I actually, I didn't click into the link, but just um, we're aware that our faves are problematic almost all of the time. So we don't all, us. Yeah, we all seem to... Um... No, nobody's perfect, even the Dalai Lama, it seems. So that's Daniel Radcliffe is perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was he saying <laughs> he, this week? He's perfect. Oh, so J.K. Rowling was uh, out being a turf again. And um, Dan Radcliffe has done a lot of work with um, a particular trans- transgender group. And I can't remember the name of it now, but he he put out a statement um, with them uh, on on their website just saying, look, this isn't infighting between me and J.K. Rowling, but uh, just so you know, trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary people are valid, like, and that's that's the end of that now. So I think we should just hand over all the rights to Harry Potter, to Daniel Radcliffe, who is a perfect human being, um, and, and just let that be that. Just done. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Um, The Dalai Lama album was made uh, with the help of Janelle and Abraham Coonan, two married musicians from New Zealand. And uh, how it came about was uh, Coonan did Janelle, uh, the wife, uh, first suggest the idea to his office years ago after looking for some music uh, to serve as stress relief at work. Uh, It was initially turned down, um, but she was able to pitch it again during her 2015 trip to India via a letter she handed to one of the Dalai Lama's assistants. And that Hail Mary pass actually got her a a, a, a Kabuddhist pass. That was a, he actually accepted that, that that's what it came about. So interesting. Um, but speaking of perfect humans, shall we, <laughs> or maybe uh, flawed, but uh, uh, interesting, perverse, but moral humans, as they call them. I have no idea where you're going with this. And I'm so excited. <laughs> it's the album of the week. <laughs> oh right! Oh, are we going? To, are we going straight into album? We're going into album. Yeah, it, yeah. Feel, it feels right to do songs then. It does. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is run the jewels. Run the jewels four came out last week, a couple of days earlier uh, than intended, perhaps because of all of the things that are happening in the world and the absolute trash fire. Two musicians who are better suited to uh, soundtracking that uh, global trash fire. It could only be. Um, the anarchic dystopian rap duo of Killer Mike and LP. Here is a bit of what one of the songs from uh, RTJ4 sounds like. Back at it like a crack addict, Mr. Black Magic, crack a bitch back, power crack a craft, magic, big daddy smoking big, tally in a black, alley in a black, granddaddy rolling down, old natty how, nappy maddy as a black, granddaddy all back, no cabin fat black, both captain state floating, no flapping wave runner, I'm a gunner, I'm a head your block, I
That was Yankee and the Brave, the opening track from RTJ4. A We are talking about the fourth album from Run the Jewels. It is the shortest album they've released since the first album. It clocks in mm-hmm. at just 39 minutes. Um, and I am so happy that this now exists in the world as it does at this time. Um, it really does feel like the right time for something like this to arrive back. I personally was worried that after RTJ3, which sounded a bit jaded and not quite uh, on point as RTJ2, which is, my opinion, their best album. Um, and But I had nothing to worry about, thankfully. I think this is their best work since RTJ2. Um, they're probably their second best album overall. And mm. um, I love the fact that this exists and we have it right now because it is the perfect um soundtrack to a trash fire so andrea what is your opinion of and how you how did you come to rtj4 were you a fan before this uh i was yeah i i i started listening to this project uh at rtj2 which i was blown away by and then obviously went back and listened to one i really liked three actually um i I disagreed with a lot of the criticism that it got. Um, I found it very, very enjoyable. Um, but I've, I, I think that this, you know, it's, it's very hard to feel ready to talk about this album at a time like this. I feel like this album, I'm not going to get a full read on it for a while because it's, it, it's, it's quite raw with everything that's going on right now, and um, it's hard not to have. It's hard to remain critical, I suppose, when you're listening to it, when it is so emotive and emotional and it's so emotionally driven as well. I think it's it's probably their most emotionally driven work. You know, there there is much less in the in the way of kind of jokes and like they're, they're still there. They're peppered throughout. But um, it is it is very uh, of of the moment. Um, and so. Yeah, so in a way, it's hard to feel ready to talk about it, but let's let's uh, do it anyway. Um, <laughs> so it um, it primarily it, it it focuses on kind of a, a lot of different um, facets of the current conversation. We'll say um, the most interesting of which um, kind of surround how we consume news media, uh, particularly when it is about the murder of black people um also stuff around school funding and how it fails black american children activism and family life and the risks that black americans are taking when they're becoming activists and getting involved in in activism um christianity and the kind of hypocrisy that is um pretty present in 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 a lot of groups in america um and then as a, as a kind of an umbrella to all of that, there is this idea of politics as being not necessarily the primary route to go when you're, when you are discussing racism, that may, maybe we should be um, analyzing it in, in a, a more spiritual sort of um, aspect. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of um, the track pu- pulling the pin for that. So, but, like there's obviously there's a lot there there's a lot to get through and so some tracks definitely tackle these topics in a lot more kind of straightforward in in your face like aggressive angry sort of ways which I think is needed and it's where 
Killer Mike in particular kind of thrives. Um, but then there's there's other tracks that are that are that bit more playful with these ideas. Um, and we also have some really cool fe- features as well. And there's not one of them that I don't like. Yeah, so we're talking about the likes of Two Chains. Um, Zach De La Rocha is back. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> um, Greg Nice uh, on the hook for Ulala, uh, Josh Homme and Mavis Staples appear as well, along with Pharrell Williams on Just um, as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I found I read the lyrics all the way through today, and I found while there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot of interesting, basically for me the disposition disposition of of these two of LP and Killer Mike on this album is the world is fucked. Uh, let's all do our best but recognize that you're in a position that the world is oppressing you or keeping you down and trying like it's there's a lot of cartoonish almost elements here in terms of how they frame the Yankee and the Brave idea with them being these like gun running dual running uh, dudes who don't give a fuck and are just uh, you know out robbing banks and, and fighting the police but a lot of that is just a and a reason a MacGuffin in order to uh, discuss the wider issues about why they are in those positions. And I think there's a lot, like lyrically, I think there's a lot of really great stuff here. And I reading through it, it was really, really great because it's just, it's so rapid fire and it's so, it's so like, it's that kind of rap style that's so, it goes so hard and there's so many syllables and you're like, I don't even know what they're saying, but it's so fucking good. And then you read it and you're like, mm. every line, and you like almost can't keep up with how, ras- how fast they are rapping on this sometimes. Because it's just yeah. like, you have to really focus on it. And oh, like, I mean, on, on, on Genius, when you're reading through it, it's like the annotations need annotations. Like it it goes, it goes so deep. That's, that's why I, I mean, like it's going to take so long to actually like, because as well, I mean, we're we're two two white irish people so we we are a couple of steps removed from maybe getting some of the um some of like the language that might be firsthand to like a black american who listens to a lot of hip hop or like like so we we do have these extra layers to kind of work through um but it it's it i just found myself completely pouring myself into these lyrics and like reading like you you could be reading a line and like one word in it is is like pointing you off in this whole other direction of this whole other political idea that you've never read anything about. And then you find yourself in a wormhole that way. It reminded me a little bit of going through all the lyrics of um, uh, of like a Kendrick Lamar album where it's just reference after reference after reference that and, and like two references beside each other will make a new reference. And like, it's just, it's, it's so cool to kind of just pour through it that way and I love as well you know like they they've always had this kind of one-two punch in terms of like how their lyric how their lyricism kind of interplays with each other and how their voices mingle together and they don't seem to do it I guess as much on this album but when they do do it it is a very it, 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 it sort of supports a very interesting conversation um between them and I just, I just, lo- I love, but like, I, I could listen to them to both of their voices say anything. Like they have such pleasant voices to just l- hear them flow, and like, and when they, when especially like LP, when he goes into his like really fast rap flow state, I'm like just like floating off my 
bed towards my ceiling just like in bits like it's they're and they're so I guess like honed at this stage I mean they're two they're two men in their 40s 40s so I mean like they they are experienced they are they are and and and, you know they sound it on this record they sound it especially I mean the production like it's like you've got all of this like all of this insane compression, these kind of almost jazz rap beats, this scratching, samples, all of these embellishments. And it's often kind of difficult to decipher exactly what's going on in the production. Like you'll find yourself trying to isolate an instrument or isolate a sample or something, and then it's gone as soon as you've heard it. And I think that that is it's pretty typical of LP, but like, especially within this project, especially within uh, Run the Jewels, but like here it really sounds like honed. It sounds perfected and it sounds like it is not doing it for its own sake. It's doing it to serve the wider message, um, wh- whether that's the lyricism you know, or, or, yeah. or whatever else is going on. There's very few parts of this song, these songs that feel like they're not like taking up uh, more air than they need to. There's none of that. In fact, it's all so whip smart, like so um, it's raw, it's deep, and it's also like really, you know, imaginative. It's really, you know, none of these songs, you know, like play out in an outro or they finish with a click or they finish with something really, you know, a a vocal hook. It's like it's it's piled on, but it's never too much because the beats are so good on this the whole time. Yeah. You're just like there's like there's that, a moment when out of sight comes in and you're like, what is that? And then I looked it up what the uh, the sample is it's like an old um like funk song um and it's just like ratcheted up in terms of compression to the point where you're just like wow that sounds so good like the bass is so deep on it to be able to take something like that and just like twist it in such a good way that's lp is great at it but i think even here more than anything if you look at just for example even that production that is something that lp uh has never really shown before that kind of like he that is a big uh, production almost a pop production it sounds like something that Pharrell would have made himself he is on this song um, and, and I I love Pharrell on that track yeah. and I was not expecting to like because I've been kind of done with Pharrell for a while now and oh my god do I love him on this track like he is just he's doing so well like those those harmonies when, when he's like w- working them around when the other two are kind of rapping or like just w- within the kind of instrument they just sound so strong and so good and that refrain is so powerful like it's it's such a good song it's so so good i've i've a lot of love for holy kalama fuck um <laughs> i <too>. i <laughs> really 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 like that that track and i love i guess i i think it's a good example of of, of what i mean um for like LP, you know, just sometimes stepping back and just serving the message through production. Like there's there's that switch up that comes halfway through, which I really, really like. And then towards the end, there's these rising chords um, that that kind of enter. They sound kind of not quite organy, but something along those lines. But they sound very immediate and very kind of gut wrenching when they do come in. And it's just towards the end of, of Mike's last verse. Um, which when he says, I still can't seem to escape the panic PTSD streets did the damage. And then he, then he kind of 
goes goes off and, and explores that idea a bit more and they've it's just these like these really like powerful rising chords underneath it that is like building to something so huge and then it doesn't actually it just goes into the next song but it it just gives you that kind of feeling of like almost anxiety but also like sitting up and fucking paying attention to what he's saying and yeah i i i found i find that song like really interesting and engaging i suppose yeah the run of songs from uh, out of sight all the way to just are the strongest on the record the middle ones i think they work the best in terms of that kind of quick fire rapid fire um careering off ideas and uh, I think they're the strongest suite of songs on this overall mm. um, shall we talk about maybe some of our favourite lyrics on this would that be you have a few there I have a few sure I don't have any marked down but I can I can definitely yeah. uh, think of some yeah <laughs> well, just even on like Yankee and the Brave there like a good line that, or, uh, that LP says is that we don't mean no harm but we truly mean all the disrespect like that kind of is where they're coming from in, in all of this uh, in a lot of ways uh, on Ho- Holy Kalama Folk you know we're talking about the idea that you know, the tropes of, of rap and trap music where, you know, uh, rappers are glamorizing their past drug dealing, their drug dealing pasts. Uh, here you have Killer Mike, who um, kind of addresses that. Uh, he says, used to stand by the garbage can hand, hand to hand and that dumb trap shit, no proper plan. And rappers rap about it like it's romantic. And then it goes into that line you said, which I still can't seem to escape the panic. PTSD, the streets did the damage. Yeah. And later on, he talks about Maybe it's on Walking in the Snow, uh, which is great track with and Gangsta Boo is back on that one as well. Uh, he says, pseudo Christians, y'all different kids in prison ain't a sin. Shit, if even one strap of what Jesus taught connected, you'd feel different. He also talks about, you know, like the uh, people like Christians who don't have empathy for other people. And yeah. how he basically says he's like, rather than being privately perverse and showing this morality, he's like perverse, but very moral. Um He's got that great line on on that. Um, is is it him that has it? Uh, yeah, it's him. Um, on on that same track, which is "Never Forget" in the story of Jesus, the the hero was killed by the state, which I think is a very very uh, yeah line. I'd never and, heard uh, that before in yeah. delivered like that. I think it was it was really really uh, top provoking as well. Yeah, that 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 hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, man. Um, and then yeah, I think one one of my favorite kind of passages um comes in 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 that same track when he says, "Every day in the evening news, they feed you." for free and you're so numb you watch the cops choke out a man like me until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper I can't breathe and you sit there in the house and couch watch it on TV and uh, the most it gives you the most you gives a Twitter rant and call it uh, a tragedy and he he was writing that about Eric Garner in 2014 and it's it's sort of it's it's sort of like insane but also points to the 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 kind of cyclical nature of this kind of these conversations around police brutality that not not only are we now in the midst of another um murder of of a black man by police in america but also like it like it, it was in the same way by by kneeling on his neck it was filmed it was in the street it was in public in daylight um and it was like surrounded by other cops like it's it's just and he said the same words he said the same words like it's it's amazing that this is 
there, you know, it, it like it's just because I, I actually I I my, my first thought was like, oh, I wonder did they rework some of this? And then I was like, nope, they didn't need to because this has happened before. Um, and that that really hit me, actually. Uh, one of the funny lines that I really liked um it was just one line, a uh, skyline ablaze in the Bob Ross pick. <laughs> I was going to point that one out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. And it's, 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 it's not only funny, but it's also a brilliant image. You know, it's, it's a, it's you know, th- th- this idea of uh, perfection, tranquility and, and peace being set alight, set on fire. And, and I think that that's, um, or rather perceived tra- tranquility and, and, and peace, um, much like what a painting actually is. It's not, it's not reality. It's this kind of, um, transposed idea of, of what real, reality ought to be and I, I just I, lo- I love that I, I love that um that that image but I mean god you, you could you could go through every line on this record and 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 point to something great um I think I think that the last track as well um uh there's this moment in a few words for the firing squad where uh killer Mike is saying uh yeah ab- about his wife uh that friends tell her he could be another Malcolm he could be another Martin she told her partner I need a husband more than the words than the world needs another martyr um which I think points to that idea of um the dangers that people have to face when they're when they're getting involved in activism for their own rights and and obviously the the fear and the anxiety that Killer Mike has around being this kind of not unwilling, but this kind of accidental spokesperson for the Black Lives Matter movement. Like we we saw his amazing speech. It was, was it the day after George Floyd's death? Yeah, and, same week, yeah. and he, you know, he was just kind of, you know, ushered onto this stage to make this statement. And and he did so, I thought, very powerfully and completely from the heart. Not everybody within the movement agreed with everything that he was saying, but he was, you know, re- recognizing that he is the son of a black police officer. So he might not necessarily be the right person to talk about like police brutality or like relations between the two communities. But, um, but yeah, he, he is this sort of, I guess, spokesperson for the movement now. And this is at least pointing us to the, the struggle that can happen within and, and the kind of the, the awareness that, um, black leaders, black civil rights leaders, often end up becoming martyrs and that that's a that's a very serious thing for somebody to grapple with and I thought that he he kind of explained that or pointed towards that very beautifully in in that track also that track is just like it's so beautiful to listen to like the strings the saxophone like the 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 arrangement the way it has kind of like three movements within it it's it's such a it's such a, a an odyssey with within it like it's it's absolutely beautiful and I still don't really feel like I've got my head around it fully just yet yeah um by contrast <laughs> one of LP's line which gave me a one of those oh you shouldn't say that uh kind of chuckles was uh in the ground below he says I'll slap a dying child he don't he if he, he doesn't pronounce my name correct so i saw i saw someone on genius say that that might be about the baby jesus but i don't know it it was it was a an unconfirmed annotation (laughs) on genius so i was like i don't know man um yeah that one was a bit odd (laughs) um there was one about um 
supporting sex workers' rights as well, which was very funny, but also very kind of socially aware and socially conscious, yeah. which I liked. Well, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was the one that I mentioned that like, he's talking about being perverse, but moral, you know. he's Yeah, like, I will, that was it, yeah. You know, that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying that, you know, um, while I might have uh, done things in the past or have, um, you know, maybe he's saying like, oh, maybe I'm a bit perverted, but actually I, I still support sex workers. So I have some, you know, I have a level of morality that some of these Christian uh, Americans evangelists don't have. Um, so, yeah. But look, I think uh, this is one to be poured out and listened to a lot over the next few weeks and months. Um, I'm so glad. And they... I do feel like we're sorry. I, I do feel like we're going to get a lot of um, albums that are held up as being like the definitive album of, of this movement or the definitive track or song even. But I think it's also important to kind of keep keep searching for like where where your way into it is. Like if, if RTJ4 isn't your way in, there will be another album. There is no definitive album of, of a movement. Um, and I don't know yet whether this will be it for 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 this year. I highly doubt it. Um, but this is a good way in, I think. This is like, this is a good starting point for like, it's like RTJ4 overall, it, it, it is this, it, it, it's a soundtrack for activism. You know, it's not like it's, it encompasses all of it, enco encompasses the kind of the bustle of the street protests, the conversations that you have to have with your neighbors, the the fear that you experience within your families and then the kind of the inner work that you need to do with yourself. It's, it's, it's outward in, it's inward out. It's, it, it's all of it. So I reckon there's going to be something in here. If, if you are like minded towards these like political ideas, which I assume if you listen to RTJ, like you're probably pretty socially forward leaning um, unlike the guy on twitter giving out to tom morello this week uh did you see that oh my god did you see him what a dope <laughs> like, oh i can't believe no. he brought politics into your music and then i saw i saw someone else saying like what did they think the machine he was raging against was the iphone that he couldn't get to work <laughs> like, brilliant. Yeah. oh god yeah, you nice. and you and pink are done <laughs> <laughs> you were I, as far as i'm concerned you and pink are completely done and how good is it to hear zach de la Rocha back again and uh absolutely oh. nailing it. he actually sounds so close to uh obviously i would say this but like the beastie boys on sure uh ill communication in on that verse and i'm so there for that i think that's yeah. absolutely brilliant uh yeah so that is rtj4 uh, definitely one for uh, the end of year list for me this year and uh, one that I'll be playing a lot also because it's only it clocks in at 39 minutes and one second so it flies by and um, so we'll finish with let's play a bit of that track uh, just featuring Pharrell and Zach De La Rocha from RTJ4 Mastered economics cause you took yourself from squalor Slave. Mastered academics cause your grace said you were scholar Slave. Mastered Instagram cause you can instigate a follow Shit. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar Get it? Yeah. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar Get it? Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar Get it? Look at all these slave masters Spin it time, I'm on mine, I be minding mine. Hey, Every time, I'm on 
my grind, I'm just trying to shine. Make a dollar, government, they want a dozen dimes. The petty kind might kill you cause they see you shine. I done had to have a talk with myself any time. Am I a hypocrite cause I know I did plenty crime. I get broke too many times, I might slay some pines. You believe corporations running marijuana? Master of these politics, she swear that you got options. Right? Master of opinion, cause you vote with the white collar. Right? The 13th Amendment says that slavery's abolished. Yeah. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Okay, that was Run the Jewels, RTJ4, our album of the week. Now it is time for our songs of the week. Our first one is one of those tracks that were released last Friday, um, released um, because of what's been happening in the world. It is by Merley. It is called Till the Wheels Come Off. Monkey chants in the stadium. Jackie Chan in the cranium. If he could, he'd be schooling him and live again, carry on through holograms. Roaches on my timeline. They don't like me, but they want mine. My iris is the color of a stop sign. Unlike my missus, I am not fine Sticks are higher than a cow on cannabis I stay on side in the grill where the banner is Laugh aloud just to cover up the cowardice That I resulted from investing where the mana is I see you get away with things that I never will I close my eyes hoping I'm dreaming but I know it's real Buying time to plan my get out Jordan Peele, why the daily news say he can't I be man of steel My arms strong from holding back on all fronts I know tongues that reach spots it's all ones Unbeknown to hot spots I kept mum Spare your keys, the wrath if you're that dumb You can't I forever Nobody's safe here Unless we all are Okay, that is Marley, who's been releasing lots of great stuff. Um, for, well, currently on hold, uh, Rosangano family has been doing. He did a mixtape called The Intangibles earlier this year. Really, really great. Been doing a lot of production for artists like Denise Chyla as and teaming up with God knows as ever. Um, that track is about was inspired by an episode of football racism uh, earlier in February this year, where a footballer in the Portuguese league walked off the pitch after incessant racist abuse. His uh, teammates tried to get him to stay, um, but he just clearly had enough of it. And trying to do your job in in something like that, in an arena like that, when people are being that uh, racist to you, is uh, there is breaking points for a lot of people. And that is what that song is inspired by. Uh, Dre, you picked this one this week, right? I did. It, you know, it, like, I just found it very powerful and very... Um, very are very well articulated i think i mean that that chorus you can't hide forever ain't nobody safe here unless we all are is so i guess inclusive in its language and um and it just it just i i, I just i remember listening to it last week and it just felt like the right day to be listening to it and and uh i just really really love it i've been listening to it loads that's it. Yeah, I just, I, I just think everyone should listen to it. Everyone should buy it on Bandcamp. And um, Murdy's great. Like, it's just so good. 
Yeah, uh, he's brilliant. And yeah, uh, the right time to release it. He said he brought that um, release forward as well after the events of the last few days. Um, so yeah, uh, and again, nice to see an artist, as we mentioned, like channeling their creativity into uh, all the all the uh, revenue from that track on Bandcamp is going to Massey. So uh, if you if you are in a position to do that, do uh, buy the track. It is on murdy.bandcamp.com. Our next track is actually a similar uh, vein. It was brought forward um, for release because of what's happening. It is from Leon Bridges and Terrace Martin, and the song is called Sweeter. Why do I feel skin dark as night? Can't feel peace with those judging eyes. I thought we moved on from the darker days. The words of the king disappear in the air Like a butterfly Somebody said hand you a felony Cause you stole from me My chance to be Hoping for a life more sweet Instead, I'm just a story repeating. Why do I feel skin dark tonight? Can't feel peace with those judging eyes. So that was a new Leon Bridges song. Uh, it was written from a perspective of a black man taking his last breath and feeling his spirit leave his body. Uh, originally recorded and released for a future album, but released uh, in advance because of what's happening right now. Uh, this is a very lovely track and in the tradition in a lot of ways of, um, like it's a beautiful sounding track in the tradition of like Marvin Gaye and all that kind of stuff as well. And protest music, we're talking about, you know, it's a, it's a kind of, that kind of vibe, uh, the I'm thinking of the Michael Kiwanuka album from last year as well. Um, the line there, hoping for a life more sweeter. Instead, I'm just a story repeating. Why do I fear with skin dark as night? Can't feel peace with those judging eyes. Um, so again, another song for uh, the time that we're in right now. And uh, I found, I was really happy to hear this in terms of, you know, that kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um catharticism you know in that song while it's couched in such lovely melodies and it's got a very uh you know traumatic almost um message in it as well and uh yeah it's one i've gone back to a lot this week it was an interesting one to listen to alongside like rtj and and to just kind of hear similar perspective um executed in in a completely different way you know like not not all black protest music is rap music and i think it's uh, leon bridges is a good example of 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 this this track is a good example of another way that this is being done um and yeah i i thought this track just sounds so beautiful i'd kind of forgotten how much i really like him 
and um i'm i'm gonna go and listen to more of them now this week because like i used to be like really really into leon bridges and then just like forgot about him for ages so i'm like really happy to like hear that he's like gonna be bringing out more stuff this year and yeah i I think this track is absolutely beautiful and completely heartbreaking yeah i was at his gig last year in the olympia oh going to a gig imagine that um what's a gig what's that Oh, I don't know. What's that do? I don't know. Some, it's, it feels, I feel like I remember what they are, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he, he's such a brilliant singer. And uh, I think that's why his uh, his music works so well, because we really feel like his intentions are, are, are fully carried in that voice. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was happy to hear from him this week. Um, our next track is from a German uh, electronic musician called Roosevelt. He came back today with a song called Sign. If only you could see me now Trying to make it through it all somehow Roosevelt would sign uh, Andrea you picked this one I did um, I, I yeah I'd, I'd, I'd feel you you would uh, or do because uh, I, I know I know you like him a lot as well Um, I just I've I've liked him for a really long time again and uh, this this one like going in when I first when I heard the first kind of opening bars I was very unsure I was like a bit rocky about it, it sounded a bit boy bandy or a bit maybe a bit too polished pop for me but then you know once once it kind of kicks into it, it's got this really cool, smooth, mellowish, like dancey thing going on. Um, and I think that he's he's so good at working around melody that um, I don't think he's put out anything so far that I haven't liked. But this is definitely, I reckon, probably the poppiest I've heard him be. Yeah, certainly pop, in a while. Piece. Like I described it as very like sheenful. His music is always has that kind of lovely sheen to it. I think this is probably. Um, for me, his most um hands in the air, almost anthemic kind of song. It definitely has yeah. that big, big festival vibe in the same way that like it's really hard. Like Caribou does that so well, and it's really hard for people to match that or to find that level of you know dynamic in their songs. And uh, I I definitely feel like he's reaching a, a different um level 
with his music mm. here. Um, so this this isn't quite as like nostalgia tinged or nostalgia kind of adjacent as maybe some of his earlier stuff that I really liked, and maybe that's what threw me off initially. But um, like it it sounds a little bit more Euro, <laughs> um, but I I'm I don't I'm not mad at it. Like I I like it. It's it's definitely it definitely made me want to be in like some alcohol sponsored tent <laughs> at a festival just like hanging with my mates while someone DJs that that was like what it put me in mind of fair fair that's fine yeah. you know well for me I feel like he's he's been underrated for a number of years now so I, I agree. Uh, hope that something like this can give him a bit of a lift I was a bit disappointed in his second album Young Romance to be honest but uh, he mm. always there were still great songs on that but uh, yeah I'm hoping he can reach out and uh bring that uh, full album banger I've been waiting for from Roosevelt now our final song of the week this week is from Ellie Bleach it is called He Bought Me Nikes So Ellie Bleach, I sort of discovered this week. Uh, she's a London singer-songwriter. No album out yet and no information on an album, as I can see yet. Um, but I was really struck by this this week. It's kind of, it's a baroque pop, tongue-in-cheek story of the kind of man who is so charming and good-looking that he could start a cult and the kind of women who follow him in the hopes that they can change him. And the spoiler is that that women is all of us we're all we're all that women and um and I just felt very red by that <laughs> but yeah it's I I think the song is 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 funny it's inventive I love her voice her lyricism is so witty and cynical and she's using like harpsichord and mellotron but in this like really clean pop way it sort of reminds me of maybe like Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino Arctic Monkeys or uh, Matt Maltese's 2018 album uh, Bad Contestant especially the the uh, 
title track from that album. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, of what they're kind of doing there. But I think that she is she is for me one to watch this year because uh, I'm really picking up what she's laying down here. And she has I think two or three other songs on Spotify that I've gone and listened to. Um, that are very very strong and they really have that wit in, in in their lyricism as well so um yeah just really really like this this week okay great um okay that's our songs of the week for this week um to move towards the end of our podcast this week um do we have any other business to discuss what have you been reading and watching listening to this week i have been watching ozark season three the end the end is nigh it's very good, Niall. I reckon you'd I, so like I've it. So I've been told. So I've been told, but I haven't. I got think I yet. think you'd like it. Um, yeah, it's getting good, getting very um exciting, and uh. <laughs> sorry, sorry to distract you that quickly. <laughs> Niall has changed his Skype background. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ozark. What else? I watched um Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, on Netflix, which was excellent. I'd never seen it before. Um, and I also watched Princess Mononoke, which is also excellent. So I think I'm just going to make my way through like the Ghibli films that I haven't seen yet. Um, but I recommend both of those a lot. Um, listening, I've moten not much really, not much beyond RTJ to be honest. I've been kind of just listening to that all week, and reading just a lot online uh, I'm waiting for some books to be delivered I bought um why I'm no longer talking to white people about race and um a, f- a few other kind of um political books um so I'm waiting for them to be delivered and at the moment I'm just trying to learn 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 oh my other thing that I've been doing is having a back and forth argument with a Fine Gael TD about direct provision so if anyone has the time go and go and email your TDs and uh, if anyone wants some tips this is not Twitter this that. is over email is it oh no no email email yeah um and yeah well not not I not argument I'm just you know I've just been spending time emailing this person trying to explain my side side of the story but yeah no uh other than that i i I must have just been staring at a wall all week that's what it feels like i've been doing um and just like dissociating entirely and yeah yeah it can be hard to stay engaged sometimes um but yeah yeah, you have to give yourself a break here and there um i (laughs) i did the ultimate um escapism uh last weekend uh i watched the 90s film Beethoven. <laughs> you did not, Niall. Yeah. Oh my God. You remember that, that was like my favorite film. Oh my God. Well, I can't remember. Is it good? I'd say it's trash, is it? It's very entertaining. Stanley Tucci's in it as the uh, as one of the baddies. But what's more concerning about the whole thing, I don't know if you remember. So Beethoven is about a, a, an American family. Um, Charles Grodin plays the dad and it's about a dog that uh, St. Bernard dog that turns up uh, on their in their household and how it's basically a battle between the dog and the dad about him not wanting the dog there and all the rest of the family wanting it. It is fucking dark because some of the stuff... Is it? It is because some of the... It, it, you know that kind of like bumbling, depressed dad uh, 
he is totally playing this the whole time he's like hates his life hates everything about himself <laughs> he's sitting at the breakfast table at one point and he's just like um if i don't get this uh promotion i'll kill myself in front of his kids oh my god he says stuff like this all the time and uh he even like he really like puts his kids to the background and even his wife is real deferential to him he's like i know the kids and i don't really ma- our opinions don't really matter and stuff like that but we'll be here in the dark in the background if you need us kind of thing is like what the fuck um, jesus yeah. i do remember a scene from that film where um he uh oh maybe maybe it was one of the sequels i can't remember which ones I beethoven had. second was a big one that yeah. was 19 that was a year later yeah, so we, we had it like taped off the TV. So I have no idea what Beethoven it was. And I probably didn't have the first 20 minutes of the film. But I do remember there's a scene where um, Beethoven, the boy dog, meets a lady dog who has a pink bow. That's Beethoven's second, yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, and they have ice cream <laughs> together. And it's really nice. <laughs> Maybe I'll go and watch Beethoven. That's gas. Yeah, it was on Netflix, by the way. So there you go. Amazing. Um, when you need some escapism, you need something like that. Although, yeah, yeah. there is definitely quite things on it but you know ultimately the dad uh realizes his family are very important and uh mm. you know gives him the prophecy deserves thank fuck um but mm. <laughs> yeah I, enjoyed oh, I did watch um the fellowship of the ring because i've been obviously like sad for the week um and despondent and uh upset with the politics of the world and whenever that happens, I immediately watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But the, the Return or the Fellowship of the Ring isn't on Netflix, but the other two are. Oh, Mental. weird. I know. I know. But anyway, watch that. It was great. Obviously, they're the best films ever made. Um, and that was good. So everyone should do that. Right. Um, I'm hearing a lot about Dating Amber this week, but I have not watched it yet. But it is a, a film based in 1990s Kildare, where I grew up. So uh, I am very interested to see what it's about your man is in it that devil from normal people um which uh, devil marianne's boyfriend oh bad boyfriend the second boyfriend he is the main guy in it okay yeah what was his name fiona shea and uh, apparently there is a, a very good Irish soundtrack to the film as well. Uh, I, know I think Pillow sound- Queens are on it. They are the only people I've seen who who, who have said that, but I think the yes, there are definitely others. Um, the soundtrack. Oh, the Galaxy are on it as well. Um, the Girl Pool and the 202s are there as well. Aslan, there's always some, t- some room for Aslan. <laughs> and uh, the other thing I've been watching as I've been continued to watch, uh, I finished season three of The Sopranos, hence my change of background in the back. Behind me, you've got Chris Maldasanti and Tony Soprano. And well, I can never remember who Steve Van Zandt plays. I always have to remind myself of the character he plays, but because uh, he just doesn't look like himself at all. Um, but I so finished. So technically, I'm 39 episodes through an 86 episode run. I thought it was much. Silvio Dante is who he plays. Uh, I thought I was much closer to the end when you're like, oh, I'm three seasons in. Nope. Uh, season oh. season six has like twenty one episodes, so there's Whoa, still, there's still a load. That's like to a go. sitcom. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> along, but I'm I'm still Fuck. like I'm so there for I'm, it's my second time yeah. watching the show again, and it's just so brilliant. And uh, yeah, the other thing I I want to give a shout out to I've been watching a couple of live stream stuff this week. Uh, Kellyanne Burns uh, shows every Saturday. Uh, are great they're on twitch.tv uh kellyanne burn from 6 p.m till 8 
in the evening every Saturday every week so uh, definitely great tunes been played on that and really nice in this time where we actually can't gather it's nice to feel like there's other things happening that you you know I'm taking a week off this week from doing any sort of quiz or any sort of um, live stream so uh, so I don't have anything to do <laughs> this week cool. so I'm just been last week uh, last Saturday I didn't have anything to do so I've just been enjoying uh, the work of others and Kellyanne is uh, really consistent with that every week uh, doing some really great stuff so I would recommend that so do check that out cool I think that's it I haven't really been listening oh uh, the I've been listening to the New York Times uh, podcast Rabbit Hole have you listened to that it's about no, how people no, have been radicalised uh, by oh, YouTube uh, man yeah. that is like like if I so, so there's this question that people sometimes ask at like dinner parties and stuff um where it's like if you were like pushed onto a stage and you had to give a last minute like presentation about something, what would your topic be? And my topic would be the YouTube radicalization of the alt-right. Like I have a ridiculous, like I've done I, for no reason whatsoever, done a ridiculous amount of research into that and just find it absolutely fascinating. So what I saw, it was actually um, uh, Owen, the point of everything's uh, podcast column in the examiner, I want to say. Um he posted about that and I was like oh my god this is completely my jam this is like absolutely my thing so I'm gonna absolutely binge that this week and it's gonna be how I get back because I haven't gone for a run in a really long time so I'm gonna make it my podcast and I'm only allowed to listen to while I go for a run okay so my... and they're all about half an hour long so that's perfect a, that could work I'll just for I'll just do a, a quick 15k so yeah. <laughs> no problem <laughs> um the other thing I didn't include in Reasons to Be Cheerful this week, but is something for me to look forward to, uh, is I bought a ticket for Primavera in 2021. I'm so close to buying one, man. Just thinking ahead, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to buy a ticket because I need something to look forward to uh, next year. It's a good idea. So that's what I did. Okay, I think that's it for us this week. Uh, yeah. p- Patreon.com forward slash 909. Loads of people have been very good in the last week of uh, joining up. Uh, so really appreciate your support from a fiver a month. Um, you can get uh, extra access and know you support. Uh, what we're doing here uh, we're going to buy some new equipment for the podcast soon and you will be helping us do that um, and also there's extra playlists and stuff so I, I actually posted up a Run The Jewels Tight 15 playlist there this week the 15 of my my favourite Run The Jewels tracks um, just on a playlist so if you sign up to that you get that along with many others including the weekly Patreon playlist and uh, yeah so that's there go um, de- uh, support Massey Go donate if you can. Yep, if you can do that, Massey, log on. Buy some music uh, that supports them. At gmail.com, PayPal address. Um, So do that. And uh, we have a, currently have a, a page up from last Friday, which is still relevant for a lot of artists. If you are looking to buy uh, and support through uh, donations uh, to Massey, you can do that with a lot of the artists who are giving their uh, money, but also go and support the artists themselves as well. Uh, most important. Um, so that's it from us this week. Uh, going to finish you with a song from uh, an artist that was a new discovery for me this week. And I was really glad uh, to hear it. Uh, came out of nowhere in a lot of ways uh, I think it was on in my effort to like see if I was not doing enough in terms of listening to music and uh, especially the black Irish artists uh, I was going deep into some of the stuff uh, in uh, Kelly Doherty who 
until recently wrote for 909 put out a playlist last week called black artists who are absolutely running the irish music scene right now and on that was a track from a guy called ud who i'd never heard of before Uh, and he had an ep out called um fruitless grapevine uh two months ago and it actually features a a feature from uh, Mick Jenkins. Uh, so that kind of raised my eyebrows a bit. Um, so he is raised, he's from Dublin. DP is really, really good. Uh, it's kind of somewhere between R&B, rap and pop as well. Um, so really interesting stuff on it. Uh, it it's called Fruitless Grapevine. He's called UD. I'm going to play a song from it called Laundry. And we will talk to you next week. We're going to be talking about uh, our, the best albums of the year so far, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So come back for that. And uh, thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, listeners. Be safe. Be seen. Wash your hands. Goodbye. Fuck the cops. Bye. I've been clearing out my laundry, been cleaning all my clothes I've been fucking with fake niggas, I can't do it anymore I'ma get it like I'm supposed to do and get right back I've been straying from my path, but I'ma get on track, yeah How many niggas I know, I'm fraternal when you call me bro You know me like the soda you pour, X might the spot, activists and I anymore Had a dream like Cola Luther, vilify me on film like Cool Brick Lessons keep coming, all God's doing, locomotion up, keep on moving and they make noise, but that's no commotion Minor as long as the value keep growing What's the volume or two to keep me real focused? What do I do when the demons try slow shit? That potion, my stick out of color me Merlin Ride up a premium, coverage urgent Still making claims and you don't got insurance I'm blacker than black, but you calling it urban Flow so sick, I did dress in a turban Everything static, don't need a fantoon shit Why do I feel like my life might need solving? Liquid courage, now I'm sipping on solving Baptize my liver, hope that it absorb me Cleaning out my closet, I've been hoarding too much Praying to God, hope he coming in clutch Holding on to memories and I ain't moving forward I'ma let go like I'm supposed to do Let go like I'm supposed to Clearing out my laundry, been cleaning all my clothes I've been fucking with fake niggas, I can't do it anymore I'ma get it like I'm supposed to do and get right back I've been straying from my path, but I'ma get on track Look, I can't put my trust in just anyone Niggas is squares like they marrying Quaint where my minimums resonate Knows I hit, hope they touch everyone Knock off, pop, put holes in anyone Under pride, track, cross me like a bad pedestrian Two forwards, one step back, focus on setbacks Only can me from seeing my blessings Cause I go repeat You washed out, that's optimum, 30 degrees Head out in the breeze, trying to feel something My eyes quiet, mine's a big storm Potential a glass, trying to fill one Daily emotion, favorite pilgrim College long, when I'm waking up And my degree got me burnt out and stressed Coincidental, I heat like thermometer Lose it when I up to my neck Kept too much inside, had to go back and fix that pack You kept my IQ vexed, my peace of mind Burst at the seams, can't just stitch it with needle and thread Dust feel like down sometimes Rise till I fall sometimes Got to thank God sometimes Think about y'all sometimes Skeletons in my closet can't do shit Now that I'm used to the new way I live I've been airing out baggage, hanging out to dry Now my basket ain't too big I've been out my laundry, be airing out my woes I've been holding on to memories And I ain't moving forward I'ma let go like I'm supposed to Clearing out my laundry, been cleaning all my clothes
hoes I've been fucking with fake niggas I can't do it anymore I'ma get it like I'm supposed to do And get right back I've been straying from my path But I'ma get on track Yeah Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.